and I want to talk about something I've titled celebrations of rem- celebrations to remember. Celebrations to remember. And it's about the Jesus story. You know, the Jesus story is one of the stories that we can preach 365 days a year. So we will get something to say. And you can imagine that a story that happened over 2,000 years ago. Every year, we talk about it. And every year, we preach about it. And still, it is not ending. Yes. That should tell you that he is an exceptional being that came to the world to do exceptional things. And he's still doing exceptional things. Amen. So the first celebration is that celebration of the gift of God. We must learn to celebrate the gift of God. And that gift of God is Jesus himself. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. The Bible says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. A son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And it continues. So Jesus was given to us as a gift. And it's a gift that we must learn to celebrate. Amen. But one thing that you must learn to, to ad- understand is that God's gift is not identified by outward signs. And that's one of the things that most of us miss. Sometimes when God is bringing you a gift, you expect it to take a particular shape, a particular form. <laughs> and because it's not taking that shape or that form, or speaking with a particular slang or something, you think it is not the gift. You know, most of us, if, you see, some of us, we are born 2,000 years after, so we, we, we take the Christmas story. If you were living in the days, a baby born in a manger, son of God, oh, please, 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 please. But that should let us know that God's gift is not identified by outward signs. In Luke chapter 2, verse 7, Luke chapter 2, verse 7, this is the son of God who said, and she brought forth her first son and wrapped him in a swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So God's gift, the eternal gift of God is in a manger. And I've, I feel like that, it is, it is for us also that the celebration of the gift of God, you see, you must learn to celebrate gifts that God has bring to you. You must learn to celebrate your wife. You must learn to celebrate your husband. You must learn to celebrate your family. You must learn to celebrate your pastors, your church. You must learn to celebrate your mother, your father. And even that person that might, you see, learn to identify the gift and celebrate. You get it? And please, don't use your head and say, that, oh, don't be like someone that was looking at the outward and God told him that, you see, man looks at the outward, but me, God, I, that's not what I look at. You get it? Yes. So, we are celebrating the gift of God. And the, sec- the second thing that we are celebrating is that we are celebrating celebration of the exposure of the works of the enemy. We are celebrating the exposure of the works of the What am I talking about? You see, the, what, what the Christmas story exposed helps us to know is that the enemy identifies threat very early. The enemy identifies... You see, some of us think that as you are walking around, you've not achieved much. You don't have two million pounds in your account. You don't have five houses, so you are not a threat to the enemy. You lie bad. The enemy identified Jesus as a threat when he was young. 
The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 2 verse 16 that then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry and sent forth and put to death all the male children who were, be- who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts for two year olds and under according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. The question I ask myself is that how will a king be so threatened by the, the birth of a baby? How? But you see, unfortunately, on the other side of the spectrum, we that are the threat, we don't see ourselves to be anything in particular. So today I came to tell you that you are a threat to the enemy if you don't know. And you are a peculiar person. So as you are going there, that you think, you think that you only become somebody when you have a certain position or promotion at your workplace or you have a certain money in your account or you have certain targets. No, no, no. You are still somebody as you are sitting there with or without anything. Amen. So the Christmas story is trying to let us know that you are a threat to the enemy and the enemy has started working on you a long time. So that's when you become... No, 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 no. And most times the enemy wants to prevent it early because sometimes when it gets to a stage it becomes difficult to do it. That's why you must watch this particular stage of your life very well. You get it? Yes. The third one is that is the celebration of the power of synergy. The Christmas story is the celebration of the power of synergy. And you know, as I was praying, I had to go for the wisdom of the fallen creatures. <laughs> Chapter 2 talks about the power of synergy the wisdom in synergy. And I'll read some of them. He said, God prefers us to be in synergy than facing life alone. On the contrary, the devil hates the law of synergy because he fears increased productivity. Why am I saying that the Christmas story uh, is the celebration of the power of synergy? You see, it's the celebration of the power of synergy between Joseph and Mary. You see, if you read the book of Matthew chapter 1 and chapter 2, and you read the book of Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2, Matthew makes us understand the, the male side of the story. So Matthew makes us understand Joseph's perspective of what happened. And Luke gives us Mary's perspective of what happened. But you realize that Joseph initially said, oh, this woman that I'm about getting married to that I've not even done anything. Suddenly, she comes to tell me some story that some Holy Spirit somewhere is the one that has impregnated. The Bible says that in Matthew chapter 1, verse 24 and 25, that then Joseph being arose from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So you see that after Joseph had that encounter, he decided to partner with the wife. Even the, 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 our savior, Jesus needed the power of synergy for things to work. How much more you and I? So as a church, we need the power of synergy. As a family, we need the power of synergy. You get it? Look, Luke chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. He said, Joseph was also 
Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David. To be registered with who? With Mary, his wife. Betrothed wife, who was with child. So, there was synergy between them. They had their own issues, but there was synergy. You get it? Yes. So, some of us, you know some people, they only flow with you when there's no issue. No issue. When issue starts to come, then there's no, it's like, we, we, that level we are no more. Joseph and Mary should let us know. I don't know which issue is greater than going to marry a wife who is already pregnant that you don't even know. She herself is telling stories that does not make sense. And you are still in, you are, you are still in partnership. Hmm. Yeah. You know, some of us, you have to be, you have to be frank with ourselves. And ourselves. What kind of cock and boo story is uh, Mary telling us? What kind of story is that? What kind of story is that? But you could see the power of synergy between them. You know? And because of that power of synergy, they were able to overcome the ploy of the enemy. Because if Joseph decided not to go with Mary, Jesus wouldn't have been born where he was born. Because Joseph would have said, I'm going to my hometown, you stay where you are. And that particular part of the prophecy wouldn't have been fulfilled. And if Joseph decided that, you know what, you, you be on your own. May, uh, may, uh, Jesus might have been killed because of what Herod was about doing. Power of synergy. You see, if we don't try and unite, so many things will be killed. You get it? Yes. So, as I remember when we got married very early and Reverend used to say that some of us in our bedrooms, we give a lot of bed space to the to the enemy because east coast west coast they're in between there's a lot of space and the enemy is reliably sleeping <laughs> hey. sometimes as i'll be in my room and i'll be doing east coast west coast and the message will be coming my ear you don't have to force it. I will, I will not allow. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. So, the Christmas story is also the celebration of the power of synergy. The fourth one is the celebration of the leading or the direction of the Lord. The Christmas story. It's also a celebration of the leading. or the. You see, we can never have a Jesus story without... Joseph deciding to lead to heed to the voice of the spirit. Mary deciding to heed to the voice of the spirit. In the book of Matthew, there were three times the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in his dream and warned him. The first one, he told him that you see what this lady, the story that she's telling, even though it doesn't make sense in your ears, go for her. The second one, the angel of the Lord came back to him and told him that you see. Take your son and your wife and leave this place. 
The third one, when they were in Egypt and Herod died, he said, it's now time to go back. You see, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, and we want to leave everything by our faculties, because you've gone to school small, you've been to some school, you have some MLC, uh, BLC, PhD, whatever you call it, attached to your name, and you want to walk this earth, by your senses. You you go far, but it won't be that far. And you will not be able to accomplish certain things that God wants you to accomplish. You get it? Yeah. So it's the celebration of the power of is the celebration of the leading and the direction of God. Let's just read one Matthew chapter one, verse twenty. But while he taught about these things, what things the things that Mary told him an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for thou which is conceived in her is the Holy Spirit. Yes, the direction of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, some of us will dream the next day we even forgotten. Mercy on you. Mercy on you. You get it. So it's the celebration of the leading or the direction of the Holy Spirit of, of the Lord. The fifth one is that is the celebration of the preeminence of the Holy Spirit. Everything about the Christmas story, even though now our world has tried as much as possible to secularize it, it is the celebration of the preeminence of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus came by the Holy Spirit, if we believe it. Came by the Holy Spirit, Luke chapter 1 verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest. Please help me. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. The Christmas story is the celebration of the preeminence of the Holy Spirit. And as believers, we must also yearn to have the Holy Spirit take preeminence in our life. You know, if you've not been doing that, even as we are going to 2023, make sure that the Holy Spirit is in charge. The Holy Spirit is in charge. The Holy Spirit is in charge. Hallelujah. And the last two is the celebration of the God of possibilities. The Christmas story is the celebration of the God of possibilities. The Bible says that in Luke chapter 1 verse 37 that for with God, for with God, nothing will be impossible. The Christmas story alone should tell us that everything is possible with God. Hey! A pregnant virgin. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm reading the Bible, I'm like, hey, these stories, you know, I was not a Christian, they are wild stories. <laughs> and I tell you that the Bible, especially the New Testament and the life of Jesus, if you take out the supernatural, there's nothing. There's nothing. They, like somebody takes five loaves of bread and two fishes and he's feeding 5,000 people. Oh, please. You, you, even, you even bought uh, you bought five bags of rice. Five bags. Five kilo, kilo. And you couldn't even feed 200 people. <laughs> five five bags of 10 kilograms of rice. 
You could not even feed 200 people. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah. And you are using five loaves. <laughs> yes. But you see, if we be very careful and analytical, we, we will see that there's a supernatural hand of God working in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Because that sickness, that need that you really needed something. You know, sometimes God orchestrates the thing to work in such a way that it looks very normal. And we don't see the supernatural hand. But I tell you that every day says, every day of your life is a miracle. Every day of your life is the supernatural hand of God at work. You see, don't wait for anything spectacular. Every, you know, you are waiting that, oh, then you'll be dead. Then you hear, you get a phone call that we've deposited five million pounds. Please. <laughs> I tell you, all of us sitting here, we are all miracles. We are all miracles. We are all miracles. So the Christmas story is the celebration of the God of all possibilities. And if that same God is the God that you and I are serving, then you must believe in him that if he has done it, he will do it again. Amen. And the last one is that the Christmas story is the celebration of faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 that faith is the substance of the things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. And it says in 11 verse 6, Hebrews 11 verse 6 that but without faith it is impossible to place him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Anyone that is coming to God Anyone that is coming to God and not going to Morrison. Anyone that is coming to God and is not going for a lecture. Anyone that is coming to God is not going for a, 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 a motivational speech. Must believe that God is. You know, we, have, we live in our world that some people are agnostics. It is, you have so many terms. But if you and I believe, then we must believe that he is. Yes. And he's the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Luke chapter 1 verse 45, my last scripture. He said, blessed is he who believed. Can you give me the King James? King James, Luke chapter 1 verse 45. And he said, blessed is she that believed for there shall be what? A performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Once you begin to believe, there will be a performance. There will be a performance. There will be a performance. Yeah. There will be a performance. So the Christmas story, you see, I could go on and on and on about the things that it celebrates. But these few ones should let you know that the story of Jesus is a story of hope. The story of Jesus is the story of his breakthrough and our breakthrough. The story of Jesus is the story of his miracle in our miracle. The story of Jesus is the story of his prophecy and our prophecy. You know, this week I've been reading the book of Ezekiel chapter 1, Ezekiel chapter 37. Can we be on our feet even as we are end? I've been reading the book of Ezekiel chapter 37. The famous story that talks about the dry bones. You know, 
And we all know what he says, son of man, can these bones live? And it goes on and on. But I want us to read there, verse 7, and stand on to pray. So he said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. You know, sometimes we say things, we begin to confess and say positive things. As, it's not like we believe it, but as we were commanded. It's like you come to church and the confession, some people say, hey, this is added to, added, but we are still confessing it. So Ezekiel said that I prophesied as I was commanded. Not that I wanted to say it because these dry bones. He said, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. As he prophesied, as he opened his mouth to confess, as he opened his mouth to say the things, there was a noise. Two. And suddenly a rattling. So there was a noise. And there was a rattling. And the bones came together. Bone to bone. 